Welcome to the 99. Today, we have another special guest, and I know I say that every week, but I mean it even more this week. This man was a beer salesman in Canada. Seven years later, he was hired to travel around the Middle East selling container loads of booze to embassies and military bases. In both cases, his unique selling point was his entertaining songs and stories. As a result, he has played gigs in the most unlikely places around the world. Hidden bars in Yemen and Sudan, private parties for sheikhs, and Irish weddings at the Seven Star Hotel, the Burj Al Arab. Today's guest, Declan Paddyman O'Sullivan. I'd like to sing with Gangnam Style, it's got a savage beat. But singing foreign words seems like I'm talking as I eat. So here's a better paddy style for those who like the crack. We play Gaelic football. Up your boy, I wear no underwear. I'm like the Irish brave hearts. And I don't care if you went to Trinity for art. Pull up a chair if you're mad for the party. Here and there, there's Irish everywhere. Irish whiskey, it makes me Will sort me out A drop of brandy Will make me randy No need to worry I'm drunk and happy And I'm gonna act the Egypt Singing a family ball Go away girl and daggy 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 Oi, oi, oi Irish Paddy style Paddy style So, welcome, Uncle Declan. Hey, Josh. How are you? I'm doing great. Good man. So, uh, my Uncle Declan here, you just moved uh, from Dubai in the United Arab Emirates back to Canada. So, how are you enjoying being back in... It's great. Yeah, I'm loving it. Yeah. Uh, this is the second time I've lived in Canada. Uh, the first time I came when I was 21, and um, as you know, I spent about six years here. Then yeah. uh, I met Debbie from New Liskard and decided to, to head over to the other side of the world. So 16 years over there and now we're back again. Yeah. Yeah. So it's great to be back. Awesome. So before that, uh, if you can't tell from his voice, he's from Ireland. Yeah. So what brought you to Canada from Ireland? I, uh, I was studying in University of Limerick and the first job that I applied for was a beer salesman job. There was 200 people applied for it as well. And it turned out uh, that it was narrowed down to me and one other guy to come and sell Murphy's Irish Stout in Canada. And the only difference between me and the other guy, I was later told, was that I played the guitar and he didn't. (laughs) They were like, even if he can't sell any beer, do I? then we can get a bit of a laugh out of him (laughs) with the guitar. And so I I turned up and uh, did. uh, I worked here with Molson, uh, launching Murphy Stout, and then on to Heineken and eventually worked with some of the other Molson brands in marketing. They don't do it anymore, do they? Uh, Murphy Stout, I think it might be available in some small places down around Toronto. I don't know. Uh, I know uh, I know it's still owned by Heineken and distributed around the world okay. in certain places. It's just, they've actually, I just found out during the week, Heineken have another new stout that they're putting out um, 
that's supposed to have you creamier head than Guinness is what they say. It's oh. all about the marketing thing. And it's actually going after younger people, uh, i.e. The, the 19 to 35 market, huh. which would not drink stout normally. No, so, uh, I, hate, I hate stout. Yeah, stout's, <laughs> stout can be tough to drink. One or two pints and you're full, you know? Yeah. yeah. My dad was offering me that chocolate stout yes. whiskey jack. yes. I had one with him, yeah. <laughs> I can't do it. I yeah, it's a, it's a, it can be a dinner, especially during the during the heat. Yeah. I always like a lighter beer myself. The other one, the cold front down there. Is yeah. Nice. yeah, I, I love like the that cold one. Yeah. That's the or, first one I had. Yeah, or the other one your dad told me about was uh, A Reason to Live. That's a good one. Yeah, great yeah. beer. Yeah. Very, very like that one. Yeah. 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 Anyway. So um, when you got to Canada, what was it you did career-wise? I know you worked for Molson yep. and did gigs some nights? Yeah, I did some gigs. So when I came over here, I was 21, started going around in a, in a Murphy's van, uh, you know, with the, with the, uh, with the Molson sales team, just launching and and telling them about Murphy's Stout. So I yeah. used to travel around Ontario. I even went over to Montreal to do some stuff there with the lads. Yeah. And, and it was great. So I was doing that uh, for the first two years. Uh, I also was was doing a bit of Heineken at the end. They said, "Right, your man's grand. He's only supposed to be here in a year of contract, but we'll keep, keep him around." Yeah. So I did Heineken, and then uh, went. Then after sales, I went into the marketing. Molson said, "Well, we'll get him in here and do a little bit." So I did some marketing um, on the marketing team for uh, Molson Export. Yeah. Uh, Molson Canadian Light that we la- we launched that for a while, and then I was eventually on the marketing team for Molson Canadian, which yeah. was great. Looking after the pubs, yeah, which I loved. It was it was, it was a great. Um, so I had a good time. And then, as you mentioned, on the weekend, I used to play gigs um, just to stay stay active in music and, yeah. and enjoy it. So I used to love that. I played a lot of gigs around uh, uh, Toronto, um, PJ O'Brien's, McVeigh's, a yeah. bunch of places like that. So it was good. So that would have been, I remember you used to have this weird little disc. Oh, yeah. Shaped the uh, yeah. MP3 on it. <laughs> That's right. It was a mini disc. Yeah. 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 I reckon that destroyed so many people's car radios. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was described as innovative at the time. And when yeah. I found out later on, I was like, man, I bought a bunch of them just instead of giving people a full CD. I was yeah. like, oh, here you go. It's two songs on this. Yeah. You know? um, it was different at the time. Now, these days, you know, even CDs. Uh, I notice I, I I gave away a bunch of CDs. It's nice if people have something in their car and the, and that's where they might listen to it. Yeah, it's great. Um, but now everything's online. You know, yeah. unless you have it, I find I have a bunch of albums on uh, iTunes and Spotify. Yeah, and you don't make any money off it, but it's just to be it's just to be there, just yeah. so people can easily access it. And I know a few artists, particularly in Ireland, who refuse to put their music on some of those platforms because they don't trust that they're getting any money out of it. And really, you're, you know, yeah. even, even some of the uh, streaming, you might get, like I might get maybe $50, $50 every month or two months from streaming um, stuff. Um, and But it's better than nothing. That's yeah. the way I'm like it. And, and you, can, you can also connect with people who might otherwise not hear your yeah. music. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just wish they were a little more organized because they've got that African guy on the Patty Man. Oh yeah, yeah. If you Google, if you check Patty Man on, it, that's on iTunes, isn't it? Is uh, it on yeah, iTunes? on the Apple yeah. Music. It's Apple there. Music. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, I actually, I sent them a note about that uh, last year, 
and to separate because you have to separate if two artists are yeah. called Josh or Paddy Man in my yeah. case um, yeah people don't know who they're listening to but your man's from Africa you know I'm, I'm sure some of his fans are, are saying who's this guy who's this guy he's talking he's with big and he's cursing all the time riding tractor what is it <laughs> going around in Africa I don't know anyway but but he's it's funny we've emailed each other that other Paddy Man he's, yeah. a, he's a really good producer music producer in Africa um which, look, you know, I think uh, people can visually see if they see a picture of him versus me, they'd be like, either Paddy Man's getting dressed up or there's something going on, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, silly. Yeah, doing blackface. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's the thing, you know, uh, yeah. Not the most politically correct thing to do, but I'm sure he'd have a laugh at dressing up like me or something, a leprechaun suit. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I didn't have this written down, but we are yeah. just talking about Africa. Yes, so how many, which which countries have you all played in? Um, when I was, when I went to Dubai after here, I, I went again to sell booze. So I was selling beer, wine and spirits. So I used to go around and supply the embassies um, in, in Africa as well as the Middle East. And so I used to go to places like um, Sudan. Actually, a lot of the places I went to because there were embassies yeah. and, and military they would be dry countries. A dry country is one where it's illegal to have booze yeah. officially. But if you're an embassy, you can bring it in because you're foreign soil. Yeah. So I used to supply containers to the Canadians in Saudi Arabia or across in Africa. We'd have Sudan and we'd have uh, Eritrea, Tanzania. We'd go a lot of East Africa yeah. coming from, from there. Anyway, um, it was grand. I mean, uh, some, some eventful places there. Yeah. I remember being brought into the British embassy um, we used to supply them a lot, and uh, one of the the, the guys uh, who was looking after security there, yeah, he took me around. I got to know him when drinking with him one night uh, in the bar there, and uh, he he took me out the next day and he showed me the boat, their escape plan, yeah. as if they're attacked in Sudan. This was in Khartoum, and at the time there was a lot of tension. And he said if they were attacked, their escape plan was not to go out the the, the normal way; it was to use the rivers. So they had a huge boat. Uh, armed boat ready to go yeah uh, anytime and that and that's that was their you know quickest way out which was amazing like just to think any at any time things could kick off yeah. you know if there's any excuse to have a drink it's known that things times are tough yeah. it could kick off yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the military could come bursting through the place and it's the last one on the boat yeah yeah <laughs> yeah anyway so yeah that's a true. good time in africa lots of lots of stuff good people you know, good sense of humor. Africans are great sense yeah. of humor. I find that love dancing, singing, joking uh, a lot, and they spoke French too. Yeah, uh, which uh, I learned uh, some French in in Ireland in school, and and I spent a little bit of time in France as well studying. And so when I was able to speak a bit of French with them too, uh, it, you'd 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 have great fun. You know, just laughing yeah. about stuff, or they'd be making a laugh in my accent, and I wouldn't understand half half of what they were saying. A bit like the Quebecers here. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but what do you mean? What are you saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The French is a little different. Mm-hmm. So, um, can you tell us a bit about the difference in culture growing up in Ireland compared to Canada? Um, I guess cultural differences. Uh, you know, the, the sense of humour is, is a little bit different. That's for sure. Um, I, I think Ireland people, Irish, we love telling stories. Yeah. Lots of stories. You'll notice people come to the gigs. I'm all about telling stories and winding people up through stories. Yeah. Um, 
so there's, maybe it's just the tradition of, 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 of storytelling and, and having a laugh at people through that and laughing at yourself sometimes. Yeah. Lots of stuff I'll do would be self-deprecating or telling, you know, stuff that I might have done or, or went wrong. Yeah. Um, whereas I noticed that the sense of humor in North America sometimes can be, uh, can be witty. It can be smart and clever and one-liners. Yeah. So it'd be, it'd be clever puns on words or stuff like that, which is a different style of humor. It yeah. just means, you know, but then I noticed, you know, I'm hoping that the kind of style of humor that I am deep into are the one that I most often use, which is the storytelling. I think there's a market for that too. There's there is, yeah. Mixture, you know, some people are one of the other. I'm certainly in the, in the storytelling side. Yeah, I like hearing a good story. Yeah, not like a good one. So do you, do you want a good story? Yeah. I'll yeah. Te- I'll tell you, you mentioned about, uh, you mentioned about, uh, Sudan earlier on Africa. Yeah. So um, I'll tell you the story about uh, I went into one of the embassies there. It was close. I won't say which one. It was. It was close to the. It was close to the British one that I mentioned earlier on. Yeah. And I was supplying beer, wine, and spirits into this embassy, and I went in. And as I was going in, was, you know, big, huge walls outside us. Two security guards. They checked my laptop case in and, and everything. And as we're coming in, I noticed outside there was lots of military. Yeah. Like open with guns, guns open up, going through past this dirt road. Yeah. And uh, I'm talking maybe 50, 50 or 60 different trucks up and down, more than I'd ever seen in this place. You know, yeah. I was going around to lots of places, hogging booze in places where it's illegal to have booze. So again, it was, it was like, it was, I was always cautious. Like I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be flouting what exactly I was doing. Yeah. Um, but uh, I went in this one day inside into the embassy. And uh, I, I, after, after I went, as I was going in, I felt a bit nervous. I just was like, something's wrong here. Something's heating up. Even the security that were letting in were being extra cautious. Yeah. I went in, had my meeting with the uh, embassy staff and, you know, said, right, we'll get a container on the way to you. That's grand. As I came back out, I was just crossing from the reception area across this open space towards these high walls and the yeah. security. And next minute I hear, bang, bang, bang. And I'm like, oh no, man, it's kicking off. It's kicking off. It's kicking off. They're going to get me. Here's a white man. Spot the white man in the middle of this. Like, we'll go for the guy in the suit with yeah. a big red face on him. Oh, man. Anyway, uh, I... Uh, Anyway, I, I just, I was like, oh, what are we going to do? So I went over towards the security booth and I, I quickly looked in and I could see the two black security fellas with the guns out and they were up against the up, up against the window. And I'm thinking, oh, man, it's going to go down. What am I going to do? <laughs> and anyway, so, so I'm like this and I hear another bang, bang. And I'm like, oh, they're breaking in. I, I, all this stuff was going into my head. I'm like, they're breaking in, coming in. What am I going to do? Uh, and of course, I couldn't run back to even the reception. Yeah. <laughs> If they're actually coming through at this thing now, I'll be shot in the middle of them or the receptionist is not going to let me in, knocking out the thing, I don't know. Anyway, this was all madness going through the head. A few seconds later, it's all quiet and I'm looking in. I look back into the security booth and I see the two lads, security guys, standing up and, and like, they're looking pretty normal. Anyway, I come around the side, I go in and I say, hey guys, yeah, 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 yeah. And then they're, they're like, yes, yes, come on through. And then I, I'm putting through again my stuff through the scanner and they're about to let me out the door. And I say, oh, oh, oh wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait. Now, again, we're talking a bit in French. And I say, oh, well, no, no, what, what do you, uh, 
what do you mean? I, no, what's happening outside? Outside, you know, and they're like this and saying, I can't go outside there if they're shooting me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, and the guys are like, huh? And I said, I said, me? Not? And I started using hand signals and everything to say, I don't want to. And so I used my hands and I said, me? Not go outside. Why? And I said like, bang, 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 bang. And then they're like, oh, and then they start laughing. They start laughing. <laughs> they go like this. Yes, 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 yes. Car backfire. <laughs> and here's the oh, big red face on me and I go outside and it's all grand. And I'm like, oh, anyway. <laughs> so, that's, the, that's the closest getting shot at I had. <laughs> anyway. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good stories. Good stories from Africa. <laughs> uh, I wonder, you must not be the first guy. <laughs> no, I, I tell you, no. <laughs> got the shock of my life, though. <laughs> um, Gunshots. So, actually, the other night, um, I was take. I was covering for someone. It, at uh, a scale house in Elk Lake, yeah. near where the rapids were, where we went oh, yeah. last year. Yeah, yeah. I was covering for someone there. Anyways, on the way home, uh, I have to keep pulling over because the cops keep, they're, they're coming the other way, sirens on, flying. Pull over. Go back on the road, another cop. And I pulled over mm-hmm. like 10 times. SWAT went by, two ambulances, and I'm thinking something's crazy is going down. Yeah. And it was SWAT. They were going out. Mm-hmm. But uh, the next day I saw the girl at the scale shack. She listens to police scanners all the time. Oh, yeah. And she, she I asked her about it. Yeah. And uh, someone had a sick dog and they shot their dog and the neighbor called the cops on them. No way. And, like they didn't know it was about the dog. They just thought oh. something was going down. So oh. <laughs> Liskard sends their SWAT team and they're all got, <laughs> they've all got heavy armor on. Oh. And then she said she hears over the scanner, stand down. He was euthanizing his dog. Oh. <laughs> oh. It's boring out here, so one gunshot, I guess. Yeah, don't harm that poor that poor girl who's using the scanner is not going to appreciate you out in her nose. I'll just be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is anybody listening? <laughs> I don't think she'll be listening. Uh, anyway, um, so uh, nothing major. This, but do they have beer in McDonald's there in Ireland. Uh, no, I don't think so yet. First time I saw it was when I went to France. Is it in? Is it in Canada? No, no, no. They have it in in France uh, for sure because I remember having one. Yeah, uh, uh, not in Ireland, and in Dubai, not a chance. Yeah, Dubai, all the booze. Officially, you have to be buying it uh, as part of a hotel. Tra- yeah. The traditional rule was you'd have a pub associated with a hotel. Oh. Be only frequented by uh, visitors and you know expats who could. So is Fibber McGee's mm. a hotel as well? No, no. Actually, that one got an exemption. I think the story I was told is the Sheikh's mentor uh, owned the building yeah. and wanted to have an Irish pub in the back, in the bo- in the bottom of it. Yeah. And so Fibbers was granted this special exemption license huh. to have an Irish pub. And it's the best pub, I believe, in the Middle East. It's ba- it's in Dubai, Fibber McGee's. Yeah. And I played there for almost 16 years every, yeah. every Thursday night. So yeah, long time. <laughs> yeah. I've seen footage of you playing there. Yeah, it was there great. Before. It's been, yeah, it's, uh, it's just a special place, you know, a bit of, it's the closest thing I think 
I was able to find around that part of the world that was close to Ireland. Yeah. Where people could come in and go a bit mental, go mental in the desert, you know. Or you, you've got five-star stuff, as you mentioned earlier on. Um, but you, it's nice to have thing, a place where you can go in with flip-flops on and shorts. Yeah. Yeah. And I, the next guy beside you could have a suit on, but you're all in the same... You're on the same place just to have fun. Yeah. And you can have as many drinks as you like and fall around the place and you don't have to worry about, about uh, you know, things being taken too seriously. So yeah. it was a great place That's to play. That's good. Yeah. It's a little uh, um, shocking, like, that there is that many Irish people in Dubai. Yeah, there was, I think the last the last count I had, there was about six 6,000, I think, in Dubai itself. Yeah. And in the UAE, maybe 10. A lot of them, are, a lot of them, be engineers, teachers. Yeah. Um, some of them would be used to be working in the airlines before everything went to pot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, so yeah, lots of lots of good opportunities for the Irish. Actually, the Irish are everywhere. We're everywhere. Yeah, taking over the world. You know, pinky in the brain. <laughs> <laughs> so why did you choose Dubai of all places? Uh, so we had done six years here. Deb and I had had met. We met uh, whitewater rafting out outside of Ottawa. Yeah. And um, after a few years, we wanted to have an adventure. Yeah. I think before we said we'd kind of settle down. And then this job came up and I was like, yeah, I can imagine going around the place selling booze. Now, what they didn't tell me at the time of the I was getting the job was that I was going to be going to these places where it was illegal to have booze. <laughs> uh, it wasn't on exactly outlined, but yeah. but I, I got, I got uh, again, I was just up for adventure, you know? Yeah. Still a young man looking for the world, find out what, what there was in the world. So for me, it was great. And I got paid, I got paid well for it. People used to, used to choose to buy from me over the others. All things being equal, I'd bring along the guitar. Yeah. And when the container would arrive, yeah. I, I would turn up with the guitar and we'd have a party. And people just responded to that. So, you know, business was good. I was able to get around, have a good time yeah. doing what I loved. And, uh, you know, bringing a bit of joy through music and booze as well at that point uh, into to places, weird places around the world. Yeah. yeah. Just taking a brief intermission and we're going to play a song. Uh, Paddy Man recorded while he was here for you guys. Um, he's recorded a few, which will play throughout the show for you guys. Enjoy. I lonely harbor walls I heard a young girl calling Michael, they have taken you away For you stole true valiant's corn So the young might see the morn The prison ship lies waiting in the bay
I love this one. It's called Beeswing. I was 18 when I came to town They called it the summer of love Burning babies, burning flags The hawks against the dove I took a job at the steam And way down in Caltrum Street And I fell in love with the laundry girl That was working next to me Brown hair zigzagged around her face And the look of half surprise Like a fox caught in the headlights There was animal in her eyes She said to me, oh can't you see I'm not the factory kind If you don't take me out of here I lose my mind She was a rare thing Fine as a bee's wing So fine a breath of wind might blow her away She was a lost child She was running wild She said so long as there's no price on love I'll stay You wouldn't want me any other way We bust around the market towns Food picking down in Kent's We could tinker pots and pans and knives wherever we went We were camping down the gower And the work was mighty good She wouldn't wait for the harvest I thought we should I said to her we'll settle down And get a few eggers dog With a fire burning in the heart And babies on the rug She said oh man you foolish man That surely sounds like hell You might be lord of half the world You'll not own me as well She was a rare thing Fine as a bee's wing So fine that I might crush her where she lay She was a lost child She was running wild She said so long as there's no price on love I'll stay We were drinking more in those days Our tempers reached a pitch Like a fool I let her run away But she took the rambling niche The last I heard she's living rough Back in the Derby beat With a bottle of white horse in her pocket A wolf hound at her feet They say that she got married once To a man called Romany Brown Even a gypsy caravan was too much like settling down They say her roses faded, rough weather and hard booze Well maybe that's the price you pay for the chains that you refuse She was a rare thing, fine as a bee's wing And I miss her more than ever words could say If I could just taste all of our wildness now If I could hold her in my arms today I wouldn't want her any other way Richard Thompson wrote that song. That's great, a lovely soothing, song. Soothing song. Yeah, it's great. Lovely folk song. Um. When, when did you know you wanted to do music? 
Um, I think I always, I always had a passion for music. I always loved playing it. Um, and I got the chance in Dubai when I, uh, when I was getting more calls to do gigs and events and it started interrupting what I was doing during the week yeah. in my real job, you know? Uh, so people would say, oh, we need, we want you next week or can you do a gig during the week for a, a private party, for a wedding um, or even some of the bigger bars. Yeah. So I said to Deb, I said, I'd love to play music full time after five years in Dubai. So yeah. I had been five years again selling the booze over there. And, and around that time I could see there was just, there was an opening and either I had to kind of go pull back on the music yeah. or go for it. And I decided to go for it. And Deb said, in fairness to her, she said, yes, you've got six months. And as long as, as we're, as long as you're bringing in enough money to pay for the bills for us and the family and you're happy, um, within that time um, then keep it going if not be prepared to go back in and sell whatever else you want to sell or do do whatever else Uh, and and that was the agreement and 10 years later we kept uh, I'm still doing it yeah Um, you know it's obviously been ups and downs but uh, you know within six months of that original thing I was playing in the largest bar uh, beach bar the largest beach bar in Dubai yeah Barasti and that used to hold between two and two and a half thousand people a night to ten thousand on the big ones so uh, I was performing twice a week there yeah I had uh, another contract up in Abu Dhabi with a big Irish pub up there and then I had Fibber McGee's on the Thursday yeah then when the weekend had come let's say a Friday night Saturday night I could be in Bahrain I could fly to Singapore sometimes I flew back to Europe even to yeah. play some some special gigs so it really took off um, I was just lucky uh, to be uh, in, to be enthusiastic about it and love what I did and, and I yeah. still love it you know and the day the day I think when you don't love something uh, the day that I tell somebody I won't play the Wild Rover because it's uh, been overplayed yeah. or something like that is the day that the Paddy Man brand no longer should be around. Yeah. Because if you're not enjoying it, you know, the Wild Rover probably is one of the most sung songs <clears throat> around the world and, and it gives people happiness to be able yeah. to sing. And it's no, nay, never, you know. And I've sung it hundreds of times, thousands of times. Um, but I still get a kick out of it because yeah. everybody else does in the place. Yeah. You know, and I, I sometimes wonder when I see big artists some of the best ones I notice um, w- will still sing their big songs and enjoy singing them. Yeah. You know, you might get bored of something. I mean, even uh, Irish Paddy style, you played at the beginning there, whatever. Uh, you know, I understand why some people, they might want to change it, the originals a little bit. Yeah. But if people like it and get along with it, just do it and enjoy it and yeah. feed off the energy. And that's what I love to do. Yeah. You know, and, and sometimes you vary it up and you look for that special magic in other songs. And you hope you can recreate it in, in other stuff. So Irish Paddy style, uh, yeah. um, I was, did you add some Irish instruments in there a little bit? Yes, yes, I, I got. I just noticed that. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can really hear it when it comes on to the, into the, into the uh, chorus. And yeah. yeah, I had, There's like I had fiddle or something? Fiddle, that's right, yeah, double fiddles. We had double fiddles play, played in. Yeah. And, and when I play it live, um, when I would play it often if I'm playing with 
other trad musicians. Yeah. If even if they're on the banjo or if they're on the whistle or whatever, they can play that bit into. Yeah. And sometimes we'll run even from that bit into a more traditional tune. Yeah. That would be high energy, get cheap people jump in, and then come back to that song again. Yeah. Or or go from that into something else like Seven Nation Army. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, 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 yeah. And then go straight into an Irish jig. But as long as you keep in the energy, people will go with you. No matter where I found there could be Arabs in the middle of the desert. Yeah. And they'll listen to Irish Paddy style and they'll listen to the Irish music. As long as there's energy and positivity and uh, and you're, you, you know, as long as you give them a little bit of something they recognize too. Yeah. So over there might be um, Aisha, the, the song, which was huge in France, the French song. Aisha, Aisha, écoute-moi. So they'd they like a bit of that. I don't speak any Arabic, but that was the closest I could get, for example, yeah. one of the songs that would connect with them. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, listening to some some Irish uh, folk, old Irish folk music the other day at work because you were telling me about yeah. old music losing its copyright or whatever after yes. so many years. Yes, after about 70 years, yeah, so there's no was, copyright. Yeah. I was listening to a list of Irish and British Yes. So the Pogues came up in there, mm-hmm. and then there's Paddy O'Reilly was in there. Yeah, Paddy O'Reilly be big. Um, yeah. There was a song. I'm not sure if it was one of the British ones or an Irish one. But I think it's called Streets of London. Let me take you to yes, uh, Streets of London. Uh, McCall um, wrote it. Yeah, he's actually an English songwriter. Yeah. And some of the ones you mentioned, Paddy O'Reilly. Paddy O'Reilly's biggest hit would have been uh, the Fields of Athen Rye. I like that song. <laughs> Fantastic song. Yeah. Lovely song. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and people, it, it talks about people rising up and fighting against the English yeah. um, for, you know, in, in that particular case, it was about a man who stole Trevelyan's corn and was caught and yeah. shipped away. And it's a song of mourning and low lie the fields of Athenry. But that song was written by Pete St. John. And Pete St. John is actually a guy who's still alive and yeah. he's in Dublin. And he he gave that song, or, or uh, he wrote that song. Multiple people yeah. recorded it, but Paddy Riley made it big with it. But the original songwriter is still alive, and that's an example of one that was made to sound old. Yeah, um, and a lot of people think that's non copyright song, like we we're saying, so they wouldn't put his name on it, yeah. or they wouldn't do this, their things. So I'm sure over the years, the poor fella has been cheated out of millions <laughs> by people around the world just thinking, oh, that's an old yeah. song because it sounds like it and it does, but. Um, yeah, good old Paddy Ryan. I like that song in particular. Mm. Um, because, well, like a lot, I was looking for an Irish folk song that I could sing yeah. that didn't sound <laughs> too Irish. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Uh, like, well, uh, you got the, not banjo, you got, you got all those accordions and stuff going on in the background. Yep. And it, it's, I can't sing like that for one. Yeah. But the fields of Athenry doesn't sound like that at all. Yeah, it it, it sounds like a campfire typical. Yeah, if yeah. you didn't know it was an Irish song ahead of time, you would never guess it. Yeah, I yeah. Think. It's a, I think it's see. There's such a connection between folk songs and Irish songs in lots of lots yeah. of places, and that's why I now that I'm based in North America, I I look forward to playing at folk festivals, not yeah. just Irish festivals. There's about 175 just Irish Celtic festivals around North America. Yeah. But if you look at folk festivals, there's probably double that. Yeah. Because there's a different tradition. 
and last night I was playing around the, the campfire out of where we're staying and um, there was another fella came in again with the guitar but he was playing some great folk songs Yeah, and I had never heard some of them but I, I actually got one or two there was a Canadian it's a Canadian singer he sang, I'll, I'll get the name later, but there's a song I actually wrote, I, I emailed myself yeah. <laughs> right there and there. I said, what's the name of that one? That's great. I must learn that. Yeah. But he just sang that song around the campfire. Everybody loved it. And, and it was simple. And like that, again, um, I remember just thinking, I like the way that sounds. Yeah. yeah. I'll show you one later. You'll like, yeah. I think you'd like it. Yeah. I'm not sure if he's Canadian or not, but it's folk. Yeah. They're called Ben Kaplan and the Casual Smokers. Okay, I've heard of Ben Kaplan somewhere. Yeah. Maybe it was the last time I was around here. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it's, it's it's good anyways. I, I do enjoy it. Good. I think there's a folk festival that comes within a couple hours of here. Where? Um, I think it's on the way to Sudbury somewhere. Like there's a random, like near field. I don't know if you know what field okay. is. A bunch no. of fields, I guess. Okay. But my manager, when I started where I, uh, my last job, yeah. he took off a few days to go to this folk festival nice. and it's within a couple hours anyways yeah it's good it's but good. there's a bit i think there's a market for folk in canada and lots of hipsters <clears throat> the hipsters and stuff do yeah. really like folk music yeah i mean i think again it tells stories tells real stories yeah you know i love i love um again like i mentioned i love the storytelling element of it but also it's real music to me because sometimes you turn on the you'll turn on the the radio here yeah. and a lot of it's just processed stuff <laughs> yeah. and you wonder even can she sing like that can she yeah. really deliver that yeah. or or you know why are they just playing the same four chords in the same way all the time with a yeah. big techno beat behind it yeah okay it's 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 grand for tapping your your feet along to it but there's no substance in it yeah it doesn't I don't know if anybody's ever sat down and considered the lyrics yeah. of a lot of these stuff. So whereas a lot of folk, people take uh, pride in, in writing about things that have happened to them yeah. or considering situations that will connect. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good. I Real think music. country borrows a bit from that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's huge, huge. Yeah, you're right. Even I, I find... Again, back to the thing about the, the Irish music has borrowed from country yeah. and folk and they're all linked. I see, I started playing the banjo a few years ago and um, I noticed even the tunes that I would play, some of them yeah. are known by different names in North America um, and played slightly different. And they yeah. might even be on a five-string banjo. In Ireland, we have a four-string banjo. Yeah. That we, that we t- typically a tenor banjo. But the same tunes will be played in a five-string and it'll just have an extra bit of an edge. You know, they'll have an extra string and they'll yeah. be doing extra stuff, extra fancy stuff, but it's great. But yeah. everybody's still talking the same language. It's yeah. like we're all talking English, but you've got your Canadian accent, I've got my Irish accent. <laughs> yeah. And we're saying yeah. the same thing. We like the same song, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's great. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's why a lot of people like country, they can relate to it. Like, I listen to a lot of heavy music and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, the lyrical content, when I try to write it, mm. it's uh, well, it's usually it's either angry or sad music, right. and I'm not really angry and I'm not really sad, so it's hard to uh, uh, write a song from the heart, right? When you don't feel that way, yes. So I would uh, try and relate. I've written a couple of songs where I would try and take my my job and write a song about my job without you you would never know it's about my job but it right. literally is about my job 
Yep. Like uh, the, the one verse I wrote, uh, round and round. It's So it sounds like it's about society, and it is about society, but I literally based it off driving my rock truck. Round yeah. and round in circles we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, consuming, consuming, this is all we know. Okay. And I'm just, I'm literally driving in circles round and round, consuming out of my lunch kit. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, it's it's funny. That's what, uh, for example, I remember listening to uh, uh, to an interview with Bono from YouTube. Yeah, and he uh, he gave he gave advice about writing songs and some of the stuff. And one of the things was you have to be authentic. If there's no, yeah. if you're not if you're not real about it, a lot of people can just see through it. Yeah, and um, so writing about stuff that you do care about or that affect you if, if yeah. it's driving if it's whatever it is drinking yeah. <laughs> you know partying Irish pubs in my case yeah. you know you can you can write about things that you like or enjoy or maybe even you don't maybe you're criticising them whatever yeah. the other thing I remember Bono asked um, Bob Dylan he said have you any tips on songwriting and Bob Dylan said yeah it doesn't have to rhyme you know ah. it doesn't always have to rhyme and I remember I remember thinking that I was like that's 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 good. Still, most of my stuff rhymes. Yeah, <laughs> but still, it's good to know every now and again. <laughs> shock somebody, throw something in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. diddle diddle, the cow did a piddle. Yeah, and not that ever happened afterwards. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, here, do you want a song? Do you want a song while we're doing the yeah. thing? We're talking about something. Yeah. yeah. So we were talking about singing songs about things you love. This song is about Irish pubs. I wrote this one because I was always getting the question. What's the secret of an Irish pub? Um, so here we go. In a bar in Paris, I once saw a lass With a small sexy smile and a big sexy accent And when she was serving me grub She asked, what's the secret of a real Irish pub? I said, there's chancers, romancers and real Irish dancers Losers and losers and beggars can't be choosers. Aurons and baurons and a few amadons. Oh, and that is the secret of a real Irish pub. I went to Toronto and I stayed at the Ritz. The bar girl was Swedish. She'd lovely big curls in her hair. And we went to some club. She asked, what's the secret of a real Irish pub? I said, there's chancers, romancers, and real Irish dancers. Boozers and losers, and beggars can't be choosers. Aurons and baurons, and a few I'm a Oh, and that is the secret of a real Irish pub. The Irish are known for good crack and good luck I met a young lady who wanted to talk about Ireland And her bar called The Hub She asked, what's the secret of a real Irish pub? I said, there's chancers, romancers and real Irish dancers Boozers and losers and beggars can't be choosers Aurons and baurons and a few I'm a Oh, and that is the secret of a real Irish pub. You. <laughs> so I love that song, and that leads me to my next question. Can you tell us about your first gig? Ah, uh, my first gig. 
Speaking about Irish pubs, it wasn't an Irish pub. My father came home one night when I was about between 15 and 16 years old. I had been playing the music um, at home with him by the fire for about six months. He came home one night and said, we're in, we're in, we're in in two weeks' time. A band is cancelled and we're going to go down to the local bar. So we turned up in matching shirts because he loved the, the, the bands, the show bands. Yeah, We turned up in matching shirts, hauled the gear in, that pub was packed, maybe about uh, 150 people in, and we uh, set up and started playing. Yeah. And my father had played a little bit before. He played the accordion, sang songs, and he used to play with other musicians who yeah. were much more capable than I. And uh, uh, it started to show because <laughs> after we kicked off, he started doing some older songs. He had traditional Irish songs like Danny Boy that wouldn't be the greatest on a weekend when you want to go partying and jumping around the place, yeah. let's say. So uh, s- shortly after we started, people started to leave. <laughs> and so we cleared out the bar, all with the exception of one group of people. I don't know what it's like in Canada, but in, in Ireland we have uh, traveling people, yeah. Uh, gypsies, yeah. And the travelers were the only group who uh, stayed, and it was maybe about 20, 25 uh, of them. And by the second half uh, of the of the gig, we had to start repeating songs because we'd run out of stuff. <laughs> and we, <laughs> anyway, in the middle of the second half, a big fella with big red hair stands up. And I was like thinking, oh, it's going to be kicking off here. I was like, this is rough. And uh, and he stands up and he says, even though I know I can't get a drink in any other place in this town, I'd rather leave than put up with this shite. You're the worst band I've ever heard of me whole life. And everybody else just starts clapping and cheering and woohoo. Oh, man. And, and my dad just turns around and looks at me. Uh, uh, to keep going as if this is normal you know keep going keep playing uh, and that was it so so anyway so we uh, we got through that gig eventually after clearing the place and um, uh, we couldn't get a gig for years in our town after that after yeah. reputation I think but my didn't my dad didn't give up uh, a, a few weeks later he went into the, lo- the other town close to us in Kildare town itself where they hadn't heard of us <laughs> and he went in and he, he got us a gig by the fire Without equipment, he said that the reason we weren't well received in the previous place was because we weren't used to using microphones and equipment. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind the fact that we were crap. I didn't sing. I was playing the key- a little bit on the guitar, a little bit on the keyboard. I mean, we were absolutely brutal. But the next gig he did get us, in fairness to him, was the right size for us. It was yeah. a small Irish pub. Um, my grandfather heard about the first gig and he felt so sorry. He used to come down every Sunday night to the yeah. other venue with a few friends and he'd support us by coming in and just singing along and it was acoustic and other people would sing songs. And, yeah. and that's where I slowly learned the craft. So, yeah, that first gig, let's say, was not, definitely not the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you kept on going and didn't just mm-hmm. give up there. Yeah, I think if I learned anything, it was from my dad at that time. He didn't give up. I would have given up. Yeah. Oh, man, I tell you, I would have given up sooner because because uh, a few weeks later, I was in the middle of the schoolyard. You can yeah. imagine yourself, 16 years old, 
you you do care what people think about you and whatnot. And I had a couple of I had a couple of boys come up to me. I thought this is great. People haven't heard about it. You know, three yeah. weeks later, nothing. And a couple of boys come up to me and they they said to me, "I heard you were a real rock star a few weeks ago." <laughs> 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 oh man! Oh, I tell you, anyway, I, I, you can only laugh eventually, and then I, then I just start to say, "Ara, look at this is what I do." I yeah. By that stage, I was starting to enjoy it, and the other gigs were going okay acoustically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um uh so in your bio in your bio and I mentioned in the intro yeah. you played in some places I wouldn't have expected. Mm. I didn't even know about um hidden bars in Yemen and Sudan. Uh can you tell <laughs> us about that? That sounds dangerous. Um yeah, you see as I mentioned when I was going around I was supplying booze into countries that were not supposed to, it was not legal to have booze. It yeah. still isn't, um, you know, lots of places in the Middle East and around Africa and whatever. So, uh, yeah, Yemen was one place. I used to, used to go in the, um, I have to be careful here because I'm just thinking if I mention names, yeah. like, eh, it's not the, gra- the greatest thing. There, there were certain embassies who, who would take in a container load of booze. Yeah. And let's say they wouldn't be drinking it themselves. Yeah. So they would put it out in some of these countries to um, to other establishments yeah. that would be underground party hubs. And I remember in one place I came across, uh, I was asked by somebody I got on well with in one of the embassies, and he brought me to this, they brought me to this club. And as they were going in, the ladies um, would be taking off their abayas, you know, yeah. the black dresses and stuff, and underneath they'd have amazing disco wear dance stuff yeah coming into this club and uh, they take it off leave it in the cloakroom and be dancing going crazy great time and it was like a normal bar yeah and uh, they had authentic stuff and the guy was joking and he said you see the stuff behind the bar there yeah 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 that's some of the stuff that you have been bringing in yeah. or we've got in from you you know they'd be laughing about it and and you know yes it is underground yeah um but I just remember some of those places were crazy. And then other times you'd have other places where you'd have individuals who would take a, a, yeah. a risk and they'd have their own bars. And, yeah. and some of those would be great. I, I'd play music for it. They'd get me in and say, come on in, we've got our own thing going here. Yeah. You might you might have, you know, 20 or 30 lads turn up in this place and it'd be turned into an Irish pub, but they'd have a garage turned into a pub yeah. like you'd have here. And, and, and I'd play music and some of, there were some of the best times ever. You know, when, when you're told you can't do something sometimes, yeah. it can make for the best parties. <laughs> you know, everybody knows like, whoa. And it's a simple thing. We look at it now like, you know, having a beer. Yeah. But I'm sure at some point in the future, people, even right now, you look around the world, people look at Canada and they say, they legalized cannabis. Yeah. Oh, look at them. Look at them, they're going mad in Canada, you know. <laughs> uh, where, whereas when something is, is, is not supposed to be, it's frowned on, uh, people can, can treat it differently and have a different kind of pleasure with it, I guess. You yeah. Know? I don't know. What do you think about, what do you think about now, a few years after it's been legalized in Canada? Has it changed the way people look at cannabis? It's more normalized? Is it uh, different here? I, I think, think it is more normalized, except for like, People like my grandpa. <laughs> like right, they're so right. they're like, what are you crazy? Yeah. I've heard people like kids are going to be overdosing off their parents' edibles and stuff, and it's like yeah. that's up to the parent to 
properly store that stuff. Right, right. They they shouldn't be keeping their their edibles with their normal chocolate. Yes, yeah. um, it's the same as booze. Like, yeah. I think it's a good thing though. I remember when it got legalized. I was working and on the radio that day. They kept having ads teaching how to roll joints on the one rock oh, yeah. radio station. Wow. Yeah. Um, I like it. I like yeah. that it's legal. I don't think anyone should have to go to jail for that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I agree, yeah. I think in Ireland there's a movement as well pushing towards it. Lots yeah. of people in favour of that. And I think Ireland is a progressive society in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Ireland, for example, was the first society, the first democracy in the world to to vote to legalise gay marriage. Really? And that came in a few years ago, yeah. And huh. so, you know, that was a huge step. Yeah. Particularly in a traditionally... You know, a traditional country um, where the Catholic Church was big, yeah, and and there's you know religion was drove a lot of policies, but that's that's changed, um, and they don't have that same influence, and so it was, so it was great to see that stuff. You know, yeah. I'm proud to say Ireland, uh, yeah, they did they did great things like that. So I'm sure it's only a matter of time until. Uh, you know, the European Union will relax some some things, yeah. but I'm sure everybody's looking at Canada. Yeah. Wondering, like, are these going to turn into stoners? Are they all stoners? What's the productivity impact of making this decision? You know, yeah. <laughs> so we'll only know maybe in a few years' time. Yeah. But anyway, which is good. It'll ease, uh, um, well, it'll ease the economy a little bit because, well, for one, that'll boost the economy because the money instead of going to the black market is going into the yeah. federal coffers or whatever. Um, also you're not going to have people going to jail over having a bag in their pocket and that's going to save, you're not having to feed people um, who are in jail over pot. I didn't go to work because I got high. (laughs) I mean, there's just, uh, has anybody done any ads like that yet? Are they allowed to advertise it on, on, on the radios and stuff? I don't think so. Man, do you know what? That song is just ready to be, ready to be gone. Whoever's the biggest, whoever's the next, uh, the next big one, they're allowed to do stuff. I don't know. Maybe they're not at that stage yet, but interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Sudan. Yes. Uh, Sudan is the place that I was telling you earlier on. That's the one that I got shot at. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's yeah. the story of the backfire. Yeah, yeah the backfire. Yes, yes, the backfire. So yeah, Sudan. When we were talking, that, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. That, that was. It's an interesting country. Again, very poor. I found. And again, when you've war in any place like that. Yeah. The, the ironic thing with Sudan is you've North Sudan, South Sudan, and in North Sudan, you, it's illegal to have a yeah. drink. But in South Sudan, you can have as much drink as you like. So even though, you know, people, but there's lots of places around the world like that, you know. Yeah. Plus, we're going to take another little intermission here and we're going to hear a little tune, a little verse uh, the Patty Man added to a classic. All right. So I decided to do something special, something different for this weekend's gig uh, because it's on Friday down at Whiskey Jack. And I thought of a song that I've always heard here in Canada and it is great, has whiskey in it as well. So I figured I'd add an extra verse all about uh, New Liskard, Hailbury, Tamiskaming Shores, if you like, into this one. Here we go. Could have been the whiskey, might have been the gin, could have been three or four six packs, I don't know. But look at the mess I'm in, my head is like a football. I think I'm gonna die. Wasn't that a party? All right, here's the extra verse. Wrote it yesterday. Here we go. Someone brought edibles. 
from Tamiskaming Shores. The local pastor got high as a kite. Some funny fella ordered a whore. There was a fella from Quebec. <laughs> I said, ça va bien? He said, je me souviens. Wasn't that a party? I ran into the bedroom. Got the shock of my life. Well, I think I saw the pastor in bed with the neighbor's wife. Could have been the whiskey. Might have been the gin. It could have been the three or four six packs. I don't know, but look at the mess I'm in. My head is like a football. I think I'm gonna die. Oh, tell me, me, oh, me, oh, my. Wasn't that a party? Catholic pastor. Yes, and a Catholic pastor, not my pastor. He'll be okay. He'll get it. It's fine. It's fine. With the hair on him, it's grand. He's grand. He's never taken a joke. I know we're looking for him. Holy crap. Uh, <laughs> anyway, go on. Will we do another one or, uh, or will, I, or will we go back to the interview? Is there more? Um, do you want if to? you have another one you want to play, you can. Um, I'll, do, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll do a, a serious one again. Then I'll do. A, um, uh, I'll do a, a one by W. B. Yeats. He wrote the poem, and I put music to it, and it'll be on the new album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So right. So this is a song that uh, I didn't write the words to. Uh, it was written by W. B. Yeats. We mentioned earlier on about uh, copyright and stuff, so he's not going to come after me for, for doing anything with this, which is good. <laughs> uh, I basically took a poem of his. It's actually called A Song, and I, I turned it into a, uh, into a song by adding some chords and stuff and, uh, and singing it. Hope you like it. Go like this. I thought no more was needed youth to prolong Then dumbbell and foil to keep the body young Oh could have foretold that the faint because at her side Oh who could have told that the heart grows old Oh 
would burn my body put that one on a, an album yeah put it out maybe in next year see anyway on we go alright yeah. um, so this isn't a question it's a comment actually mm-hmm. because I just noticed in the email you sent me yeah the, the press release thing I read through it yeah and then I saw you open for uh, Stereophonics yes um, I only know one song by them and I just recently heard it and I love it um. Oh, sorry. I thought that something crazy was <laughs> my baby screaming downstairs. I thought <laughs> she's screaming. Okay, I want to get lost with you. Right? Do you know that song? I I do. I've heard it, but I don't. I don't sing it. Oh, I'm there surprised. Are, there are there are there are great bands. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was it was amazing to open for them. One of the greatest things for me was being able to be on a huge stage. Yeah, there was seven thousand people showed up to see them. Yeah, and we were able to open for a, a little smaller crowd of people coming in. Yeah, but um, it was great. Yeah, and we got like the the, the huge stage, uh, professional sound. Yeah, we had eight. I had eight musicians who, uh, that I I asked to come up and perform with me. Yeah. And we did traditional Irish kind of style versions of um, well-known songs. Yeah. So stuff like Amy Winehouse. Sometimes I go out by myself and I look across the water. Well, we did that and we'd mix it with yeah. a traditional reel yeah. and then go for it. Or it might be sing-along uh, stuff. And we had a few original songs too. Yeah. So it, that was a great gig. That was great fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of well-known songs, I remember uh, you did a cover of of Castle on the Hill by Ed Sheeran. Oh, yes. And yeah. now when you released that video, I had never heard that song. All oh, right. I okay. thought it was an original. And <laughs> I was Jake's bragging. Man, that's go places. I was bragging to my buddy, oh, yeah. uh, my buddy Jade. Um, yeah. he, he's from the reserve over there in Notre Dame. But yeah. he's got Irish in his blood as well, and he, okay. he wears that on his sleeve. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I was bragging to him, like, check out what my uncle wrote. <laughs> and I played for him. He's like... 
He's like, that's real good, but that's an Ed Sheeran song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good old Ed Sheeran. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I like that uh, human cover you did as well. Yeah. That was a different one. Rag and Bone Man. Yeah. Again, sometimes I'll pick up songs like that. They, the, the Castle on the Hill was a different kind of version. I just yeah. wanted to do something a little bit different. Yeah. And uh, in the Rag and Bone Man thing, that was outside the normal genre. Yeah. My, my main genre is Irish and folk. Yeah. And I love both of them. But sometimes it's nice to do something a little bit different. Yeah. And that, that particular one pushes your vocal range. Yeah. Because it's low and it's high. And I used to love listening to them on the radio or singing along with it. Yeah. And then I just said, hey, I'll, I'll stick out. I debated on using that one for the yeah. intro. Oh, yeah, it that's was a, really it's a great one. I was struck between them, yeah. and the main difference was uh, Irish Paddy style has a longer intro. Yeah, that I could loop it. That was the deciding factor. <laughs> but also, it could be more. Uh, yeah, more people that may listen probably have heard Gangnam Style. Um, yeah, again, more it's a recently. fun one. It's a fun intro. Yeah. I mean, even when I when I've done shows, I'll actually use that one as an intro just yeah. to build people up. Yeah, and the and the funny video that I've put on YouTube to go. With That's a great Pakistan, video. It's funny, you know. You see <laughs> see an Irish guy in the back of a camel, loads yeah. of people around, wondering yeah. what's he doing, and there's loads of people dancing. We <laughs> yeah. just we had such a great time doing the video, and it comes through. You know, yeah. when people are having fun. You yeah. can see it. So so that was good. But yeah, sure, maybe you can put on. Um, uh, the other one, uh, human yeah. at the end of the, at the end yeah. of the recording or whatever people yeah. listen to it. Yeah. It's a good one. So, uh, moving along. Um, so you did some private parties for shakes. First of all, what is a shake? I know what a shake is, but I think some of the listeners yeah. may not know. And then I want to hear some stories of, of, uh, Partying yeah. for shakes. You do the hippie hippie shake. You shake it to the left. <laughs> <laughs> Someday, I always wanted to do. I always wanted to do one of those songs. Yeah. For, for them, and um, a shake to answer your question is uh, the the Arabic word for the leader of a family. Yeah. And typically over there, you've got shakes will be the leader of a family, and they'll elect one of them as as a, as a ruler. And yeah. the ruler of Dubai, for example, is Sheikh Mohammed bin yeah. Rashid Al Maktoum, and um, you know he's 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 a visionary. He works hard. Yeah. You know, imagine you had imagine you had billions, a few billion in the bank. Yeah. You know, never mind a few million. <laughs> yeah. Billions. Yeah. Sure. Well, would you get out of bed? Do you know? Would you get out of bed at all? Or maybe you'd get out, but you might only do fun stuff. Yeah. I'd say today I'm going to have a few beers with some of the lads. Yeah. We'll take out one of our exclusive yachts, have a massive party with gorgeous looking people and friends and have you know, all this kind of stuff. Or you could decide to do something uh, meaningful yeah. that might take a lot of work. And in his case, in fairness to him, like they have built a city in the desert. Yeah. Uh, where there was nothing. 50 years ago, there was nothing there. You know, they've used, they have lots of money from oil and um, Sheikh Mohammed had this vision of building a city and his own, his father as well, the founding fathers of the UAE and stuff. Um, um, they, they, they all had uh, huge visions about not squandering the wealth and yeah. working for it. So they've made this city, uh, you know, it's like the Las Vegas of the, mid, of the Middle East, is yeah. what I would call it. 
um, and it's a party town. You can have drink. They've relaxed the laws. They're not like Saudi Arabia. A lot of people think, oh, Dubai is part of Saudi Arabia. No, it's not. It's beside it. It's yeah. a small country that's there. Um, it's tax-free. So for lots of Canadians, they go there. They'll work for companies. You don't pay tax. Yeah. Um, not on your income. Uh, there's other taxes, of course, like like the 5% VAT and stuff. But um, people go there to have adventure, follow their dreams, In like in my case. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's the shakes. I've been lucky to play for uh, some some shakes um, <laughs> in different places. I remember unknowingly I was invited to play for a gig on a private a private gig on a yacht yeah. over in one of the other states. I won't say which one uh, around the Middle East. And I got out on this this uh, private yacht. They flew me over. I went out with my guitar and he said, oh no, do just exactly what you do in, in Beach Bar. No problem, do, do Beach Bar. Uh, <laughs> and I, so I said, so like, let me understand, do you want to sing along, international stuff? Yes, yes, yes. And a bit, uh, and funny, funny. Uh, okay, funny, funny. So I start doing uh, different stuff. People are having, you know, there's a mixture there, but half of them are uh, Arabic and then the other half are international kind of, yeah. you have a few uh, Canadians, Americans, Europeans. Okay. Uh, you know, there was one Irish fella there in the middle of it, kind of looking at me, saying, "What's he going to do?" <laughs> but we started singing. It's funny things like country roads. You're in yeah. an environment like that. What will they sing? They, 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 everybody knows country roads. He's saying country roads. Uh, they were asking for other stuff. I did a bit of Avicii, Ed Sheeran, whatever. Yeah. Some Irish stuff, and then they wanted some funny, funny songs. So I started doing a song. Uh, I'll, I'll do a little bit here so you can hear it. <laughs> did you ever get a ride? Did you ever get a ride? Did you ever get a ride on a tractor? Did you ever get a ride? Did you ever get a ride? Did you ever get a ride on a tractor? No, I never got a ride. Never got a ride. No one never got a ride on a tractor. Never got a ride. No one never got a ride. Never got a ride on a tractor. Anyway, it goes on, and there's 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 cleaner verses. I started going around, and the guy said, "Let's do." Let's do some verses about different people. So I started picking on somebody. So I'd say, right, this one's for Josh. Did you ever get it up? Did you ever get it up? Did you ever get it upside down? And I kept going and I was, you know, there's other verses like, uh, uh, did you ever get it in? Did you ever get it in? Did you ever get it inside out? <laughs> and it goes on like this. Anyway, there's loads of them. And I was coming towards the end uh, of the verses. I, I was able to stick on people. And uh, one of them was this. And I, we pointed at this fine looking girl down the middle. And, uh, you know, it was like, this is for you, love. Did you ever get a finger? Did you ever get a finger? Did you ever get a finger of a Kit Kat? Did you ever get a finger? Did you ever get a finger? Did you ever get a finger of a Kit Kat? And the shake, anyway, he was loving this. He was loving this. thought oh, this is great, yeah. crack. Take the thing. Anyway, then, then he looks around and he points over at, uh, he points over at this really good-looking girl standing at the bar over on the side. Yeah. And uh, she was there with, I, I thought she was some kind of model or something, you yeah. know? I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm thinking. But the unfortunate thing is I was running out of verses. Yeah. Like, you know, you have a certain number you can do and any yeah. kind of thing. I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know if I can do this. It's going a bit far, given the, yeah. the environment and everything. Uh, but then again, he was after asking for it. He said, go, go, do, yes, go, 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 yes, yes, sir. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So I looked up at her. I looked up at her and this is what I said. Did you ever suck a cock? Did you ever suck a cock? Did you ever suck a cocktail sausage? Did you ever suck a cock? Did you ever suck a cock? And I, and I only do that if I'm really, really stuck. And normally it's in an Irish pub. Well, anyway, didn't the whole place go 
silent, silent. <laughs> Unknown to me, the girl I was talking to or addressing was a member of the royal family. Oh, and everybody was like, oh, what do we do? They didn't do anything. They just looked at the man, the main man to shake himself. <laughs> and after about a few seconds, and it seemed like a lifetime to me, he started laughing. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and later on, I had an American fellow who was involved in the oil business. He came over to me. He says, do you know what, man? You're lucky you didn't you, you you didn't end up out there in the middle of the thing. They were going to dump you off this yacht, and you were never going to be seen again. <laughs> so I've had a few a few interesting uh, gigs like this. Yeah, yeah. Anything from shakes to to the normal people. Some of the best gigs I'll have I've had over the years have been in in, in sheds and small impromptu get-togethers. Yeah, anything from campfires to. You know, some people's sitting rooms. I've played for weddings and whatnot. Yeah. So it is, it is great. So do you have any other crazy gig stories? I don't imagine they get much crazier than that, but... Yeah, that one was pretty crazy. Uh, well, that's what I got. Um, uh, let me see. I uh, The Seven Star Hotel. I've played a few in that. The Seven Star Hotel is, is the Burj Al Arab. It's shaped like a sail yeah. in Dubai. I played a, a couple of times in there. Um, now I'll tell you a story about one of the gigs I played for a wedding yeah. it was an Irish fella getting getting married lovely fella and he was looking for an Irish band yeah and so I put together a band for us went into this gorgeous ballroom and there was as we were outside uh, there was another somebody else uh, coming in uh, they were getting married I think the next night or yeah something, and they were from India and uh, there, there was a conversation going on about the rooms in the Burj Al Arab Hotel. So this seven-star hotel, the best of everything. Like you, you, yeah. you have gold-plated knobs on on everything. Like you go into yeah. the bathroom, the whole lot. Anyway, um, one of the notable things in the suites in there, every room is two levels, and they've got two rooms in, in most of them. Uh, you know, two rooms is a standard room. So two levels, two rooms. So you've got the main room and a guest room. But in the main room itself, on this huge king-size bed, if you look up onto the ceiling, they have a mirror. Yeah. Right? So uh, anyway, there was a bit of joking, laughing and joking outside. I was yeah. out, out having a break at the wedding and I heard this other couple, uh, you know, talking to somebody, some people who were at the wedding and they were mm-hmm. after having a few drinks. Yeah. And they said to them, you know, they said to the Indian couple uh, or the Indian fella who was there, oh yes, I'm getting married tomorrow night. Yes, he said, well, um, you know, Oh, I bet you're going to have a bit of fun in that bed with the mirror on the, the thing. You know, this is what your man says. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy turns around to him and said, No, I I wouldn't I would not disrespect my wife like <laughs> my future wife like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, it just shows a different culture. Well, I don't know what it was. And I was like, You're wasting a perfectly great experience there, my friend. <laughs> 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 Yeah, anyway, so, so yeah, I remember playing in there and, and hearing stuff like that. Or actually, when I went to India, yeah, uh, I, I went to India, I flew there at one time and I turned up, there was, I was supposed to play for 200 people and I was told most of them were going to be expats, you know, uh, Europeans who might understand the likes of stuff. Again, started up, but when I turned up there, there was only 20 of them were from Europe and there was five Irish and, and the rest were all local people from India. Yeah. Uh, for, it was in Mumbai. And um, one of the guys comes up to me, said, after a while, I did the normal stuff, again, that people would always know, country roads. 
Yeah. The Indians love country roads. Yeah. Great. And we're like, yeah, yeah, okay. Because I started with some of the traditional folk stuff. They weren't interested. Even Irish Paddy style. Yeah, yeah, yeah they got it because they recognised the connection. Good fun. Yeah. But yeah. then some after one fellow comes up, he said, you 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 know any local Indian song? You know any Indian song? <laughs> and I was like, wow. And, and, and I said, now fortunately I was after watching Slumdog Millionaire on the on the way over on, yeah. on, the, on the flight. And I was after listening to one of the songs that was big in the charts. It was probably big over here at the time. Yeah. And I said, of course I know an Indian song. I wouldn't come all the way to India without knowing an Indian song. I said, so. Mm. <laughs> and so I, I did this one. It goes like this. Jai Ho. Did you ever hear this one? Jai Ho. That's right. Jai Ho. Jai Ho. I fly from Dubai, London, Mumbai, people welcome party. I hear a song, I sing along, taxi goes jaldi, jaldi, jai ho. <laughs> jai ho. I sing a song, they sing along, my belly starts feeling funny. I fly from Dubai, London, Mumbai, I get deli belly, jai ho. <laughs> jai ho. <laughs> And then after a while, he said, you know any other Indian song? I said, of course I know another Indian song. I said, I said, you might know this one. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it. I didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> uh, um, there's uh well some of the gas stations here uh they're they're indian owned and uh i'm very friendly with them but there's one guy he just started messing with me <laughs> he's oh, yeah. like, i'm like i'll get uh i'm like i'll get uh, 20 bucks in gas and he says $200? And I'm like I'm like no $20 200 like, I'm like oh no just 20 he's like I am messing with you and then uh, I go with him I go one another day the next week I think and I tell him I'm like can I get uh, it was some vape cartridges I said can I get 200 cartridges of Polar Mint and he goes 200 <laughs> And I'm like, no, just two. And he's like, oh, you. <laughs> and then the the other gas station, um, <laughs> I'm just buying a couple bottles of water while I'm filling up. And he's he's got some cheese curds he's trying to get rid of. And he said, you want fresh cheese curds? And I said, you saying I smell like cheese? <laughs> he's like, no, 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 no. You want cheese curd? <laughs> Like <laughs> oh, I'm messing with you. <laughs> they were expiring in a couple of days, just trying to get rid of them. <laughs> and I, uh, I did buy some cheese curds, not that day, but they were expiring in a couple of days, and they were not good. So I'll never do that again. <laughs> so, um, uh, also, I saw in your press release you did some acting. Lead roles. Uh, I did, yeah. I got into doing doing some acting when I was in Dubai. Uh, I, just, I guess uh, it was through a friend of mine 
Podrick Downey, who founded uh, an Irish theatre group over there and was looking for people to do different roles. The first one I did was comedy. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. It was in called The Cripple of Inish Man. Yeah. Uh, the name of the play. And I played it, I played a fool. Yeah. Which was, as, as you can imagine, pretty easy for me. I, I, I loved it. It was great. But he was a fool with a big heart. And the end, uh, you kind of, it kind of rounds out. And it was it was a lovely play. The next one I did was to do with uh, Irish Rebellion. Yeah. And that one uh, was in 2016. And it's called A Shadow of a Gunman. Yeah. And uh, it was a little bit deeper. I put on a, a Dublin accent. And in Dublin, inner city Dublin, they speak differently. So, so if I was talking to you now, I'd be talking like this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'd be from Dublin, the inner city, because that's how it goes. A little bit like Conor McGregor. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> he's, like one of our, he's one of our, he's one of our fellas there now. Do you know? Yeah. Good old, good old Conor. Bait the fucking head off you, you would. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's a, that's a bit of, that's a bit of uh, the Dublin stuff. So I enjoyed that role and the Dublin accent. And then, um, the last one I did was, uh, uh just before I came away, uh, and it was a more intense role yeah. where I had two sons uh, locked up in an apartment, yeah. and I was I was a psycho, really. Yeah, it was it was it was really tough, and it's, it was a totally different thing. So I, actually, I played I played that that part for uh, four nights, and in the middle of it, I had to do gigs, yeah, regular gigs in the pub and and stuff, and people came from the theatre down to the pub afterwards and I had one I had two girls come up to me at the end of one of the gigs on the first night yeah. and said we've taken all night to get over yeah. what you were doing to those poor lads now some of the stuff is it's it's it's, it's psychological tar- like I, I I knocked one of the boys down and I, and I spit water in his face and stuff like yeah. some of it's gruesome you know um so she was really affected by it. But again, uh, that's the sign sometimes of a great play. Yeah. You know, and she told me it took the, until the end of the gig when I was, when I was loose, loosened up and, uh, and she was after having a few drinks with her friends and she said, you know, I'm, you know, uh, my, my boyfriend had to keep telling me it's only a play. He's only acting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, again, the sign of a great, a great play. That one was called the Walworth farce. Okay. Great. Yeah. That's interesting. My dad did uh, uh, a play, ooh, I think it was in seventh grade, eighth grade, seventh grade. He played the Nazi in uh, Sound of Music. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, Tough one. He was, off, he was off work for a few months, um, but I guess he used to do acting in high school. Okay. And he was just looking for something to do. Yeah. And uh, they were doing Sound of Music. I don't know if he was looking for the Nazi role or they gave it to him, but he did a good job of it. Yeah. He did a good job. So um, my friend Dave, yes, he wanted to know um, how you chose Patty Man to be your stage name and yeah. your favorite Canadian beer. Oh, okay. Um, let me see the beer. Well, I used to work for Molson. Yeah. So, you know, Molson Canadian, despite what people say and whatever, some people don't like it. I think it's still a great beer. Yeah. When I was abroad outside of Canada, I would still, if I came across it, yeah. still like it. So Canadian was, was a good beer. In terms of taste, I, I, I've i always liked the heritage and the taste of Alexander Keith. Yeah. 
Um, and I also like that you know, that that East Coast kitchen party vibe yeah. that goes around with it. Like yeah. that's that's just that's a great. So I, you know, when you're drinking a beer, sometimes you're drinking the association with it. No yeah. What, you know, when I have a pint of Guinness, I'm drinking a part of Ireland or yeah. the memories I have of that beer in Ireland. Um, so, you know, I like that now. And then, you know, so it's very hard to come across a particular favourite. I, I used to, when I was, I was, as I mentioned earlier, I used to work on Molson Export. Yeah. There's another great beer. I used to, I used to think. You think so? Yeah, <laughs> I uh, don't like you it know, at all. Yeah, no, I, I, used to lo- I used to love going around drinking. Again, maybe it was just because it was different and I hadn't had that yeah. taste profile of it. But um, yeah, look, I mean, the, the other thing about beers in Canada, I think that has come on since I've left that industry years ago, is the growth of the microbrews. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. there's just been so so many great ones. So every time I come back in, I love trying them. So even if it's yeah. like at Whiskey Jack here yeah. locally and you've got A Reason to Live, which I mentioned your, your dad had, uh, had introduced yeah. to me, great one. Or some of the other ones, I was drinking Cold Front last night. Yeah, great. that's a good one. Yeah, good one. Um yeah, so uh, lots of our steam whistle was around at the time years ago when I was working. They were like Toronto. one of the first micro breweries. Yeah, they were. I yeah, think. and that was a gr- that was a great. Again, it was just a quality microbrew in a green bottle that was painted that, that looked quality, tasted quality. Yeah. It was different. Yeah, you know, so they led the way in a lot of ways. So it all always have a kind of a special place. For yeah, them. but uh, lots lots of great beers. And what was the other? Guy? Oh, how did I come up with Paddy Man? Yeah, um, over in Dubai when I started playing. There was a risk of insulting people with comedy. Yeah. Um, and especially when you have people who don't understand English as their first language. Yeah. They might say, oh, you know, why is he talking about cock? Do you know, <laughs> I wouldn't do the cocktail sausage thing on stage very often. That'd be, that'd be, uh, you know, a special audience or whatever. But um, I, even other songs, like I, I wrote a song called Welcome to the Hotel Burj Khalifa, yeah. which is a parody on Hotel California, obviously. And um, and in there, it's meant to be a joke. About the yeah. thing. But I, I had I had some local fellas say, why you say Burj Khalifa too expensive? <laughs> and I explained to them, no, no, no. What I'm jo- what I'm saying now, an Irish guy goes in there and he can't afford it. That's yeah. different, you know. Yeah. Um, but but mm-hmm. when I to avoid some of that, I I used to have a character in the middle of the shows. Yeah. So I would sing sing along sh- songs, anything from the latest and greatest Ed Sheeran to, yeah. to party songs. I'd have traditional Irish songs, yeah. uh, and then I'd have these funny songs. But when I would do the funny songs, I would say, "Right, folks, now I'm going to do some Paddy Man stuff." That's how I used to introduce it, yeah. and I would put on a, a, a leprechaun hat <laughs> that had a beard on it. So people could visually see, because imagine yeah. I, I could be in front of a thousand people, let's say in Barasti Beach Bar in Dubai, and a lot of them would not fully understand what I'd be saying, yeah. but they could see visually he's joking, yeah. which was important because you don't want to be put in jail for insulting the local culture. Yeah. And so that's where it came from. I'm going to do some Paddy Man songs. Paddy, um, Paddy Man literally means Irishman, yeah. and it came from the, the 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 fact that so many people in Ireland were called Patrick and yeah. we immigrated around the world so so much to Canada and the States and everywhere. Yeah. So uh, we became known as Paddies and yeah. it can be a derogatory term for some people if it's used incorrectly or Irish people can take offense to it. So I'm sensitive to that too. Yeah. Um, but uh, so over the years, for example, as I got no more known as an entertainer and people knew that I do some comedy stuff and there was less 
chance of me p- being put in jail. Yeah. Um, I t- removed the, the leprechaun hat. Yeah. And I just embraced the character Paddy Man for everything. Yeah. And so there was always a bit of magic, always a bit of joking. Yeah. And it's okay because because I was I wasn't going to jail. Yeah. I figured I was known enough that I wouldn't be going to jail. Yeah. And and so it worked out grand. So that's where it came from. Yeah. And after all, and I think the Irish we love laughing at ourselves. We're able to laugh at ourselves. Some nationalities can't. Yeah, I won't. I won't uh, mess on anybody's parade. But you know, I, I think the Irish. We work hard. Uh, we play hard, and uh, and we're friendly. Yeah, you know? I, and I think there's there's no better evidence than the fact that uh, St Patrick's Day, Paddy's Day, yeah, is is the number one, the most celebrated national day in the world. Yeah. And and that's for a reason, you know. So we don't mind laughing at ourselves and the Paddy Man brand or the Paddy Man character that I that I uh, I've uh, built over time. I think to me is a, it's a catalyst for happiness yeah. um, through through music and, and creativity. So yeah. so that's it. So that's Paddy Man. That's uh, yeah. that's way deeper than I thought it was going to go. Mm. So when Dave first asked me that, I was yeah. like, "You got another question." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he just came up with it, man. He got drunk one night. He went in. He was like, "Paddy man, what? is the is the domain available?" Okay, we'll go with that one. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, no. So that's that's where that's yeah. where it came from. Yeah, and it's done. It's done me uh, some. It, it's done me well to differentiate myself. Yeah, because uh, Declan O'Sullivan. I used to play gigs here under Declan O'Sullivan. Yeah. And, um, and, and that's my, and, but they were traditional gigs. And I think Paddy Man is just, has become a bigger, uh, for me, has become a bigger, uh, maybe it includes more. Yeah. You know, and, and at the core of it is fun, comedy and magic moments. Yeah. You know? They don't always have to be fun. For example, or they don't always, always have to be around comedy or parodies. It, it, sometimes it can be about, doing something uh, that creates a bit of magic and entertainment for everybody. For example, I got a fella up in, on the stage in Dubai. We played a gig on the QE2 a few weeks ago. And there was one fella flew in to surprise his uh, girlfriend from Belfast. Yeah. So he came in and I got him up on stage, got him to sing a song, got him to, to, to you know, to, I tried to get, everybody thought he was going to propose. Yeah. He didn't in the end, but there was still a bit of magic. Everybody's yeah. like, is he going to? What's yeah. going to happen? Yeah. Do you know, um, it just, it's nice. It's nice to be sometimes play with the energy of, of how things are going. So you never know on, 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 on uh, next Friday night, there could be a bit of magic. Josh might sing a song. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> That'll be the magic. <laughs> anyway, you, you see where it goes. Or Josh might do a dance even better. Yeah. He thinks he's going to sing a song, but he gets up doing a dance. <laughs> or before this, before this pandemic came along, my, one of my big uh, magic creating things was to put masks on people. Yeah. So I'd have a Donald Trump mask. Yeah. I'd say, come on up here. We need to nominate. Whose birthday is it? Your birthday is right. Come on up here yeah. and they think they're going to sing a song or whatever and you, what you do is you put a mask on them and say they have to dance for 30 seconds Yeah, and it could be Donald Trump or I'd have uh, Shrek Shrek is yeah. the other one I love the Shrek one Yeah, for the women I had um, Clinton Hillary uh, and, and and a few other ones we'd have lions tigers yeah. or uh, just crazy stuff you uh, you did one of those at my wedding. Yes, and, yes, uh, yes, yes. I remember my stepdad Pat was Trump, and he yes. he actually had a red tie on that day too. <laughs> and 
he was kind of acting like Trump. Yes. So he did a good job. And, yes, I remember that. That and, was funny. Yeah. And Dave, Dave, the guy who asked the question, yeah. he was Shrek and he was awkward, <laughs> kind of like Shrek would be. <laughs> so it, it just worked out that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, was yeah. fun. Yeah. I liked that. Yeah, I'd rather go back to those masks than the masks that we're told to wear for COVID. <laughs> yeah. You know I mean? yeah, I'm wearing a mask, man. Going around dressed like Shrek all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, yeah. 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 Um, so my other question. Yes. Um, Austin asked, why didn't they bill you as the patty man at Whiskey Jack next weekend? They didn't bill me as patty man. <laughs> yeah. King is off, man. King is <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm going to have to ask them. I'm going to have to ask them. Maybe, maybe it's because they're not charging enough. I don't know how much they're yeah. charging down there, but whatever. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, actually, maybe it's because I'm playing with Steve as well. Yeah. So Steve Benoit, I played with him last year in the in the uh, what do you call it downtown pavilion? Area? Yeah, pavilion. Yes, and that that was great fun. And he's gifted. He's a great yeah. musician, a great singer. So I, I can't I can't wait. It'll be our first time playing together for a gig. Yeah. We just did acoustic down there and we yeah. really enjoyed it. So this will be special. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be good. <laughs> so uh, that's the end of my questions. Well, thanks a lot. Thanks for the chat. I hope people yeah. got a bit of uh, entertainment out of it. Oh, yeah. Now you can play songs or do whatever you do at the end of your normal Yeah, ones. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it'll be one of the more, I think it'll be the most interesting one or at least one of the more interesting ones, but I'm biased a little bit, so. Yes, we're, all, we're both very biased. I think it'll be the best, too. <laughs> yeah, let's go. The best. <laughs> Simply the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. It <laughs> doesn't have to be. People just have to have a laugh at it. Yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. it. Listen, sure, uh, enjoy the rest of it. Thanks for having me on and yeah. best of luck with the, the rest of the podcast. Yeah, right Thanks. on. Have a good night. Cheers. Thanks for listening, folks. Wow, we had a, a great time recording that. That was uh, probably the funnest one I've recorded yet. I hope it's as fun for you guys to listen to as it was for me to record. Um, like, rate, comment, share, subscribe. Now, go follow the Patty Man on Facebook. Uh, look up Patty Man, you'll find him. I'm going to play his cover of Human by Ragged Bodeman on the way out. I encourage you to listen to all. That's a great cover. Thanks for listening, folks. Don't put your blame Mirror, what do you see? Do you see it clearer? Or are you deceived? What do you believe? Cause I'm only human after all. You're only human after all. Don't put the blame on me. Don't put your blame on me. Some people got real problems. Some people out of luck. Some people think I can solve them Lord, heaven's above I'm only human after all I'm only human after all Don't put the blame on me Don't put the blame on me Don't ask my opinion, don't ask me to lie Then make for forgiveness for making you cry Making you cry Cause I'm only human after all I'm only human after all Don't put your blame on me Don't put the blame on me Oh, 
Don't put the blame on me. Don't put the blame on me. 